If you enjoy listening to this podcast, we ask you to consider supporting it by making a reoccurring or one-time donation. Visit Mayflower's website at www.mayflowerucc.org and click on the Donate Now button. Donations made to Mayflower's radio fund are tax-deductible and go toward keeping this podcast available. Thank you for your support. The sermon you are about to hear was preached at Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City, one of America's premier liberal Protestant pulpits. At Mayflower, we are an open and affirming peace and justice church where we believe that religion should be biblically responsible, intellectually honest, emotionally satisfying, and socially significant. We go now to the pulpit of Mayflower UCC Church of Oklahoma City. We are delighted to welcome Reverend Tracy Blackman to Mayflower Church. Reverend Blackman is the Executive Minister of Justice and Local Church Ministries for the United Church of Christ and the Senior Pastor of Christ the King UCC in Missouri. Initially ordained in the African Methodist Episcopal Church, Reverend Blackman served in various ministry capacities for nine years prior to becoming ordained in the UCC. So you know, she comes from other places like all of us. <laughs> you all read what we, the information we gave about her, where she's been to school, um, all of the curriculum that she has written, the places she has been, the voice of justice she has been in our community. And if, then of course there uh, is what Reverend Blackman means to many female ministers who were raised in traditions that did not honor women's ordination. And so for many of us, uh, she is a mother, an aunt, the big sister, the one who said, you can do it. Speak your mind. We need to hear your voice. And so it is a deep honor for me to welcome, and I would ask you to join me in welcoming Reverend Tracy Blackman. Good morning, Mayflower. It is indeed my honor and privilege to be here with you today. I was so excited about coming here. You are the very last, very last stop before I go on vacation tomorrow. <laughs> at 5 a.m. in the morning. Indeed, I have been looking forward to this. Your reputation precedes you. To Pastor Lori, thank you for your gracious invitation, your gracious uh, acknowledgement of my presence here. To your pastor, Robin Myers, in his absence, what a wonderful, wonderful model to have the summer off <laughs> so that you can recuperate. To someone I consider a mentor, and for you, she is conference minister for me, she is a mentor who has done the work that I attempt to do long before I started doing it. Edith Guffey, I'm grateful that you are here. Amen. And to the executive director of Oklahoma Conference of Churches, Shannon Fleck, it's girl power today. Yeah. I'm also grateful that you're here. Would you wave 
Yay! You are a tough crowd to prepare to preach for because typically I am called to bring justice messages to encourage people to get on the battlefield, to start doing the work that I come to Mayflower and find out you are very much all about already. It's pretty much like preaching to the choir to have those among you who are holding vigil every Wednesday at the ICE office in your area. Those who have done new and innovative things with Sunday school, challenging yourselves on issues of justice. And in the conversation we had just before service with a few of you gathered in another room, someone said to me, if you really want to know what we're about, just check out the middle of the bulletin and see all we're doing. So I have done that as well. So if it's okay with you, I've been doing a lot of shouting and proclaiming and declaring that things must change. Among those who get it, I would choose today to offer you not that type of prophetic message, but a priestly message to encourage you to keep going. The scripture this morning is from the Gospel of Mark, the 16th chapter, verses 1 through 7. I will read them in your hearing. This is what the scripture says. When the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and Salome bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? And looking up, they saw that the stone had been rolled back. It was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe, and they were alarmed. And he said to them, do not be afraid. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen, he is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you to Galilee. There you shall see him just as he told you. For the few moments that are mine this morning, I want to speak to you from the subject, and Peter. And Peter. Pray with me, please. Gracious God, I thank you for the privilege of standing in this pulpit this morning. I thank you that your word is always new and fresh and revealing. I thank you that you are a God of all the people, all the time, everywhere. 
I thank you for being a God at the border, even this morning, where temperatures exceed 100 degrees. I thank you that we are not there this morning, but you are there. I thank you for being a God who is in Thailand as rescuers race against time to save a soccer coach and the young boys on his team. I thank you for being a God that can supply oxygen even when it looks glim. I thank you for being a God of those who are struggling to survive economically in a world where many have more and more have less. I thank you for being that God. And I thank you for being a God who is present with us in this moment at Mayflower. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Amen. Out of all the named disciples in the Christian texts, Peter is my favorite. I love Peter because Peter reminds me of myself with his unapologetic passion and his imperfections. So today's sermon may leave some of you feeling a little excluded because this sermon is specifically for those of us who have from time to time on life's journey messed up. This morning, the word is for those few of among us who really know what Paul means in Romans 7 when he says, the good that I would do, I do not do, and that which I would not do, I do. This sermon is for the few of us here who have said some things we should not have said and gone some places we should not have gone and done some things we should not have done and made some promises we did not keep. Today I'm talking to those of us who get stuck sometimes in the guilt of our past. Those of us lingering in self-pity held hostage by shame. This message is for you. My apologies to those who may be left out of such a message. But listen anyway, because if nothing I say applies to you, I am sure you know someone who needs to hear these two words from scripture and Peter. And Peter. Who is Peter? Peter is one of the most prominent disciples. It is in Peter's home that Jesus comes and heals his mother-in-law. It is Peter that Jesus tells to launch out into the deep again after he has already been fishing all night to no avail. It is Peter who received the word from God about who Jesus is when Jesus asked the question about his Christological identity. It is then Peter to whom Jesus promises the keys to the kingdom of God. 
Peter is one of Jesus' closest companions, a trusted friend, a, a dedicated disciple. Peter arguably has the greatest possibility and potential of all the disciples. There is nobody like Peter. Peter is the one who is always telling Jesus, never. Peter is the one who told Jesus he would never let him wash his feet. It was Peter who told Jesus, I will never leave you. I will lay down my life for you. It was Peter who cut off Malchus, the soldier's right ear, because he was determined to never allow the soldiers to take Jesus. Peter was known for telling folk what he would never do. But how many of you know this morning that never can all too often become a quite familiar and repetitive place? What happens when we become stuck in the shame of our nevers? Many of us know the story of Peter. Many of us know that in spite of his promises and his potential, Peter made a huge mistake. For during the trial of Jesus, it is Peter that denies he knows Jesus. Not once, not twice, but three times. And I would suggest to you that Peter's threefold denial of Jesus makes what Peter did to Jesus almost worse than what Judas did. I know some of you are looking at me like, how could that be? <laughs> you see, Judas betrayed Jesus, yes. And the Bible says that Judas was so remorseful about what he had done that he tried to give the money back. And unable to cleanse himself of the guilt, he hangs himself. But Peter, Peter denies Jesus, gets another chance, denies him again, gets another chance, denies him again. And I know this isn't for everybody in here, but this morning there may be a few of us who know what it's like to stumble over the same issue time and time and time again. Some of us know what it's like to promise God or to promise others that we won't do something and then the next time it comes up, we do it again. And the next time it comes up, we do it again. Some of us know what it's like to struggle with a heart that wants to do right and a mind and a body that wants to do something else. And the Bible says in Mark 14 that when Peter, who makes the same mistake over and over again, realizes what he has done, the Bible says that he weeps bitterly. Because when we realize that we've messed up again, when we realize that we not only need a second chance, but another chance, when we find ourselves there, our conscience will try to convince us that all hope is lost. One of my favorite liberation theologians is Dr. Renita Wings. I heard her say one time that the only difference between Peter and Judas is that Peter hung around for the benediction. 
There are two primary things that threaten to keep us from moving forward. The first is a guilty conscience. How many people here know your conscience can wear you out? A guilty conscience will keep you up in the middle of the night, holding you hostage to the things you have done. A guilty conscience will mess up your relationships, your fellowship, and your worship. And the amazing thing is, when Peter denies Jesus, Peter is not around folk that he knows. But at some point, his conscience must have gotten the best of him, and he started talking. Because Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John tell this same story. They're not around to see what Peter has done, but it's not the stuff that folk know about you that wear you out. It's the stuff you hope nobody ever finds out. This is why the Bible encourages us to confess, because it is only what we try to hide that can hold us hostage. Yet we try because the other trick is to buy into a fear of the consequences of whatever we may have done. Notice that Peter makes a mistake in a moment. He didn't plan it. He didn't see it coming. In a moment, Peter messes up. I mean, who told that girl to ask him that question anyway? <laughs> and at that one moment, there lies the potential to change the entire trajectory of Peter's life. One moment can change his life forever. Have you ever been there? Where one bad decision, one lapse in judgment, one angry outburst, one too many drinks change the direction of your life forever? And now here's Peter wondering, what will be the result of his mistake? What will happen now that I have failed Jesus? What's going to go down, as the young people say? How is God going to punish me for what I have done? And while Peter is still wrestling, the Bible says that some women go to the tomb. And while they are there, an angel appears to tell them Jesus is gone. And the angel gives the woman a message that gives hope to Peter. The angel says to the women, go tell the disciples and Peter. Last time I checked, Peter was a disciple. But the angel says, go tell the disciples and Peter, because sometimes when we mess up, we count ourselves out even before God has a chance to do that. So the angel says specifically, and Peter. These two simple words are a message to let Peter know that there can still be mercy after you mess up. There can still be victory after defeat. Redemption is always possible with Jesus. And that is my message to you today, my friends. 
and Peter. Somebody say, and Peter. And Peter. One more time, and Peter. Now I want you to remove Peter's name and place your name there and say, and? One more time, I didn't hear you, and? The angel says, go tell the disciples and Peter. In other words, tell Peter, your witness is still wanted, your work is still valuable. And that's good news for somebody here this morning because in spite of our mess ups, in spite of our failures, our God remains faithful. Let me tell you why that's important in those who are committed to justice. Because no matter how pure our intent, no matter how hard we work at it, sometimes, my friends, we still mess up. Sometimes we say the wrong thing or we do the wrong thing or we think the wrong thing because we are still products of our environment. Sometimes we lead with our anger instead of our peace. Sometimes we really do wish that person would disappear even though we know we're supposed to love them. Sometimes we get so furious with what's going on that we may lash out and come at others the way that they are coming at us because we are human. And I want to encourage you to not let your fear of getting it wrong to ever stop you from doing what is right. I want you to create enough space for grace in your witness. I want you to always assume the best about those who show up, even when they mess up. I want you to always forgive yourselves because Jesus is a forgiving God. Tell the disciples and Peter, Peter, you still belong to me. Now maybe you missed it, or maybe you don't remember that Peter is not the name his mama gave him. Any of you have nicknames? His mama named him Simon. But the angel doesn't say, go tell Simon. The angel tells the women, go tell the disciples and Peter. And this resonates with me because I remember, well, my mom lives with me now, and sad to say I'm 55, but she still tells me there's the same amount of time between her and me. So <laughs> I'm still the daughter, even though I think I'm grown. <laughs> so it's still true. I wrote it in the past tense, but it's still true. I can know what kind of conversation my mom and I are going to have 
by the way she calls my name. She sets the tone by the name she uses and the way she uses it. If she says, Tracy, come here, I know all things are well. Whatever she wants, I can handle it. It's going to be a good day. But when she says, Tracy Devon Satisfield Blackman, I know that I am in hot water. <laughs> Endearing names mean love, but when somebody calls your full name, it may be, uh-oh. <laughs> this angel speaks and calls him Peter. Even though his mother named him Simon, Simon is yesterday's name. When was he called Simon? He was called Simon in Luke 22 when Jesus predicted that he would betray him. He was called Simon when he pulled out that knife and cut off the soldier's ear in the garden. He was called Simon when he fell asleep when Jesus asked him to stay awake while he prayed. But when he had a divine revelation about who Jesus was, Jesus called him Peter. Peter is the name of possibility. Peter is the name of potential. Peter is the name that says good things are on the way. And when the angel calls him Peter, he wants Peter to be reminded that when God sees you, God does not define you based on your mistakes, but God defines you based on your heart and your potential. The Lord does not define me based on what I have done and who I have been, but God defines me based on what I desire to be. I'm more than the mistakes I've made, and I've made plenty. I'm more than the sins I've committed, and I've committed plenty. And no, I'm not going to tell you about them. <laughs> Take my word for it, I have failed. But I have a God who looks at me and calls me more than that and tells me like Jesus told Peter, go and meet Jesus in Galilee. Back to the place where ministry began, back to the place where work is still needed, back to the place where God can still use you. Friends, we tend to disqualify ourselves from God's goodness, from the rewards of our work, and therefore we think there is no reason to continue to try because we have failed once and it's over for us. But that is not what the Bible says. The Bible says that God is still faithful and that the promises of God are still true and that God will still do in our lives and with our lives what God says God will do. So this angel tells Mary to go tell Peter, stop hanging out where he made a mistake. 
and go to the place where ministry is still happening. And that's all I want to say to you, that during the times when you're standing at ice or you're having sacred conversations about race when there's nothing sacred about it, or when you are making prayer shawls for those in need, or serving the hungry or the poor, or trying to figure out how to be a church of more than diversity, but one of inclusion, that you will make mistakes along the way, that even though you have declared open and affirming that there still are things that have to be opened, still things that have to be affirmed, that sometimes you'll have a bad day and you may use the wrong words or may revert back to saying something hurtful because you've been hurt, that on those days, I hope you remember that Tracy stopped by to remind you about Peter and to help you put your name in that place where the angel placed Peter's because you too are disciples and God always has space for grace. Amen. You've been listening to the preaching and teaching from Mayflower Congregational UCC Church of Oklahoma City. More information about the church can be found at mayflowerucc.org or by visiting Mayflower's Facebook page. Worship services every Sunday are at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. with adult education classes at 10 a.m and a full church school for all ages is available during the second service. Mayflower is located on Northwest 63rd, a block west of Portland. Thank you for listening.